Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Andy Smith. City to city, state to state, across the state, across the globe. That's right, it is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. The conductor picking up passengers along the way. Interviews, sports-related news, and also outside the box. Unsports-related. That's right, it's a new time, it's a new season. Yours truly, Anthony Smith. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And that show is getting ready to get started. Let's get this train on the track. train sports talk podcast this is your host and your conductor on the number one sports cast throughout the state of kansas yes i keep saying i have no data to back that up data data however you want to say the word whatever they call it i don't have nothing to back that up i just say it because i believe it and what makes it number one is not me, but it is you, the listener, and the guest. And I've had, since I've been doing this podcast, I've had some very interesting guests. And when I say interesting, I mean interesting in a good way. So let me clear that up right there. I've had some people on I never thought I would have on. And I've also had some people I've expected to be on. So that's what makes this the number one podcast because. All are welcome aboard. Just welcome, like I'm saying, the number one podcast throughout all the state of Kansas. Anyway, we are on the eve of Super Bowl Sunday. We're on the eve of history being made. We're on the eve of seeing something that has never been done in the NFL as it relates to the Super Bowl. And I know some people will probably cringe at the sound of me saying this, but it's a fact that can't be denied. And it will probably go down in most of your black history books that will be rewritten. But let's state the obvious. We will be seeing two black quarterbacks opposing each other. And I know we should be in a society where it goes beyond skin color. In a position held in football that's been deemed as, well, let's just say even prior to the Doug Williams era, that a black quarterback can't lead men. They're good enough to play running back. They're good enough to play wide receiver. They're good enough to play defensive back. They're good enough to play defensive lineman, defensive uh, or linebacker or whatnot, but they were never good enough back in the day to be deemed as quarterback. And even today, some still face that coming out of college. Maybe we should switch his position. Maybe not much so as it used to be. But as we 
see it today. There has been progress made. Two things I can say, but I'm going to get into another story. Two things I can say that has happened. We had two black head coaches in the Super Bowl when we seen Tony, Tony Dungy face off against Lovey Smith, Indianapolis Colts against the Chicago Bears. That was a first. So now tomorrow will be a first. It's Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. But it's beyond the color barrier. Let's get beyond that. Let's look at it like this. Whoever wins the Super Bowl tomorrow, the quarterback will come out of the state of Texas, as both Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts played their high school football in the great state of Texas. Why would I say the great state of Texas, even though I'm from Kansas? Because Texas is known as a hotbed for producing high school athletes that come out and go to the next level. So the state of Texas is going to be very tuned into this game, not because of the Dallas Cowboys, but because, once again, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, two Texas natives. So their motto is whoever wins, the best quarterback is coming out of the state of Texas. Win, lose, or draw. The winning quarterback is coming out of the state of Texas, which transcends color barriers. But it has a whole lot to do with the state. So Texas will definitely be watching. Your biggest viewership, I can guarantee you, if they once they do a Nielsen rating or whatever they do, they're going to find out outside of Kansas City, outside of Philadelphia, or outside the state of Pennsylvania and outside the state of Missouri because Kansas City is on the Missouri side, although there are some Kansas that claim the Kansas City Chiefs just because the name Kansas. But outside those two, maybe three states, the state of Texas is going to be one of the biggest states watching the Super Bowl because of the Texas factor, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. But what I want to do, though, is I want to get into a very troubling story, a turn of events that has caused one program in college basketball to shut down this program indefinitely until further notice. The report is New Mexico State University men's hoops shut down, sparked by hazing allegations within the program. That's right. Hazing allegations in the program. And what I'm going to attempt to do is I'm going to attempt to pull up some audio as it relates to this story and then... We will get right into the story because this is some very troubling and damning circumstances. Story in the sport belongs here. The New Mexico State men's basketball program has indefinitely suspended its season, placed its coaching staff on administrative leave, and begun an investigation after what they are calling new allegations within the program. Now, back in November, Aggies forward Mike Peake shot and killed a student from the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque in a case of self-defense. The university says the decision to suspend their season is separate from that case. 
The website Stadium reports multiple players hazing a teammate on more than one occasion was the reason for the program being shut down. Now, the Aggies are 9-15 and 15 on the season, and the school's Board of Regents is, quote, confident a full and thorough investigation will be conducted. So that right there is the lead-in to my story because this has garnered a lot of attention nationally. Not just in that region, but nationally. So New Mexico State men's basketball has canceled Saturday's game at Cal Baptist and suspended its season indefinitely following new allegations within the program, according to a statement from the school. The new allegation involved multiple players being allegedly investigated for their role in hazing attacks on a teammate on more than one occasion, Stadium reported. Hmm, stadium. I wonder who that could have been. I wonder if it could have been Jeff Goodman. Pretty sure Wichita State fans know about that name. The school said in the statement that the new allegations have prompted an investigation by the university and led to the coaching staff being put on paid administrative leave. Aggies have been embroiled in controversy since November when forward Mike Pete shot and killed a New Mexico student in Albuquerque in what police called a in what police called. Let's get just let's put emphasis on this statement right here. In what police called a self-defense case after Pete had been lured to the campus. Per the school statement, Friday's decision to suspend the season is separate from that case. New Mexico State University is suspending operations for the men's basketball program until further notice. The school statement said Friday, NMSU personnel were recently informed of new allegations separate from the events that took place in Albuquerque late last year involving potential violations of university policy. While those allegations are being investigated, the men's basketball coaching staff has been placed on paid administrative leave. The game scheduled for February 11th against California Baptist will not be played. New Mexico State is just 9-15 in Greg Hire's first season. Remember that name, Greg Hire, especially those of you around here who are in the state of Kansas particularly in Wichita, Kansas, and I will get back to that. The New Mexico State University Board of Regents were informed this evening of the suspension of operations for the men's basketball program. The New Mexico State University Board of Regents said in a statement, the board supports the action taken by the university leaders and is confident a full and thorough investigation will be conducted. Aggies had previously canceled the game against the Lobos in Albuquerque that had been scheduled for the day after the shooting, along with the December 3 rematch in Las Cruces. WAC, which may have to consider scheduling adjustments as a result of NMSU shutdown, also issued a statement Friday. The WAC is continuing to monitor the situation at New Mexico State and at this time has no additional comment. After the Peak incident, multiple NMSU staffers took possession of Peak's gun 
and other potential evidence that was later recovered by New Mexico State Police. Higher, fearing retaliation for the shooting, left town without having three New Mexico State University players who picked Peek up after the shooting and transported him to the hospital. Talked to police. Their bus was stopped on the highway as it traveled back to Las Cruces. Lorenzo Jenkins, who serves as a special assistant to hire, had Peek's tablet in a backpack. An unnamed New Mexico State administrator had his phone. Had his phone, state police said. The gun used in the shooting was located at the team hotel in Albuquerque, where assistant coach Dominique Taylor had it wrapped in a towel after hire called him and told him that New Mexico State University players, Marcellus Avery, Isa Mohammed and Anthony Roy could tell him where to find the weapon. It's unclear how and when, how and where the items were transported after the shooting. Schools in Albuquerque District Attorney have both launched separate investigations into the incident and the actions of staffers, coaches, and players after the shooting. ESPN's attempts to gather personnel information files on coaches and staffers at New Mexico State University have been reportedly delayed by the school in recent months. A lawyer with the school said it would respond by February 6th to requests, but the school did not release the personnel information. The school's original investigation after the peak shooting and aftermath was ongoing as of late January, per Justin Bannister, New Mexico State University Associate Vice President of Communications. Aggies have won seven WAC titles and made eight appearances in March Madness since 2007. They are supposed to move into Conference USA next year, but this year they have struggled to a 9-15 record, including 10 losses in their last 12 games. Under Hire, who took over Chris Jans when he left for Mississippi State, Jans went 122-32 and in five seasons and took the Aggies to three tournaments. Leadership at the school is also in flux. Board of Regents, Regents recently decided not to renew the contract of Chancellor Dan Arvizu, which expires in June. Over the past 14 months, both the school's presidents and provosts have resigned or been removed from their positions. So it is now tumultuous times at New Mexico State University. So now, why would I take the time to open up my show with this news? Well, like I said, it's national and to some extent it's local if you're in the 316 area, mainly the Wichita area. First of all, Chris Jans was at New Mexico State, former Wichita State assistant under Greg Marshall. Greg Hire was also on the staff. Notice the correlation where Greg Hire takes over for Chris Jans. Why is this not a good look for Chris Jans? Well, let's just face it. Right now, we're dealing with Wichita State program that is, let's just say, has kind of fallen on some rocky times. Not off the map, but just some rocky times. A very 
passionate fan base, which is also passionately looking for change at the top. Well, one of my names I had on my short list was Greg Hyatt. But we live in a society that is very unforgiving. And when you have something like this on a coach, first thing you want to do is tab this coach and this program as lack of institutional control. Unfortunately, this happens to be Greg Heyer. So now the question is, if you are a Wichita State fan and you're looking for change at the top based on the season that we're having, is Greg Heyer on your short list or have you already scratched his name out? Just something to think about. Well, I'll tell you what I am going to do right here. I am going to pause. And I am going to take a break. But when I come back, I will have some more for you. So stay right here on the train. We are just now building up ahead of steam. We have so much more to get to. Enjoy the ride on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Yours truly, your favorite conductor and the best podcast in the state of Kansas. Yours truly, Anthony Smith. A-Train, Sports Talk Podcast, number one podcast throughout all the state of Kansas, picking up passengers, taking them on the sports journey, all right here on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Grab your tickets and get on board. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and your favorite conductor, Anthony Smith. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star, as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. 
In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, canned goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. Whoop, whoop! segment of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. That's right, it's your favorite conductor. And that's right, you're listening to the number one podcast in the state of Kansas. Yes, I said that and I will not take it back. Why is it number one? I keep saying this. I sound like a broken record when I say this, but that's okay. It's a good broken record. Because of you, the listener, and because of you, the guest I've had on throughout my few years of doing this. I mean, I, I I don't want to get into calling names, but I'm just going to name a few. Scott Styles, who I used to sit at the studio with him at KGSO Radio. I've had Doug Downs on. I've also had the rivals, Bob Lutz and Jeff Lutz on. On a national level, Vince Quinn, formerly of CBS Sports. I'm still working on girl chat sports because they keep telling me it's going to happen. And if they tell me, I believe it. Let me go to HBCU schools. Laura Harper. She's been on. Uh, Former Wichita State women's basketball coach. Now sharing the same facilities with the embattled Greg Hire, uh, Jody Adams. I mean, I've had some great guest on my podcast that's why come i say it is the number one sports sports podcast throughout the state of kansas because of you the listeners who listen to it and share it as well and to you my great wonderful guest mike kennedy voice of the shockers uh xavier mcdaniel yeah i have to mention these people because these are people that i am forever grateful to and indebted to who takes the time to take time out of their busy schedule and their lifestyle to squeeze me into their lifestyle. So yes, I am fortunate. I'm blessed to have to have had and in the future will have such great guests on this podcast. Now, one of the things we want to talk about now is because it's the one thing that we cannot deny. We will be seen in Super Bowl history for the first time ever two black quarterbacks opposing one another. And that's been the narrative all week. Outside of the Kelsey brothers, it's pretty much been about Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. And to see this, yes, the race card is pretty much thrown up. You can't deny the fact, two black quarterbacks. You're not looking at them as two quarterbacks, but you're still looking at them as two black quarterbacks. So with that being said, had there not been some pioneers in this sport who paved the way 
for the likes of a Jalen Hurts and a Patrick Mahomes, there probably wouldn't be none. As a matter of fact, had there not been pioneers, we probably wouldn't have seen a Doug Williams in Super Bowl twenty two. So we're going to look at a pioneering quarterback. Jimmy Ray sees Super Bowl as a culmination of a life of denials. And this is based on a new documentary about Michigan State legend tells how he helped prepare the way for Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. On a warm evening, first black quarterback I became aware of screened his film in a building named after the first black winner of the Academy Award for Best Actor. The quarterback was Jimmy Ray. The venue, the Sydney Portier New American Film School. In 1964, Portier won the Oscar, and Ray was an 18-year-old freshman at Michigan State. Like Portier, Ray was destined for great things. The documentary, The Incredible Legacy of Jimmy Ray, tells the story of a talented young quarterback from Fayetteville, North Carolina, who hurdled segregation barriers, accepted a football scholarship from Michigan State, and became part of one of the greatest teams in college football history. The film is eye-opening, and on this historic Super Bowl week, timely as the nation celebrates the first meeting of two African-American quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Throughout the week, Hurts and Mahomes, when asked about their historic meeting, have pointed out how they stand on the shoulders of those who have paved the way. Both players have discussed how they are playing for those African-American quarterbacks who never received the opportunity. Ray is one of those individuals. His documentary tells a familiar but still painful story about what African-Americans of a certain age had to endure as a matter of routine. But it also tells a familiar story of African-American perseverance and triumph. Last week's screening marked the first time that Ray, who turns 77 next month, had seen the film produced by NFL 360 and directed by Asahan Tango. When I, was watching, when I was watching, I was thinking, wow, this is basically my life, from segregated South to my professional life, being played out on the screen for the world to see. He said, I was humbled by it. I was proud and thankful all at the same time. I'm glad that I had some small part to play in what's going to happen on Sunday. When you watch the documentary, watch Ray's life through his eye and hear him tell his story to former NFL player Emmanuel Sanders. It's an understandable, it's understandable why Ray, as he would tell me later, believed the day might never come when two black quarterbacks would face each other in the Super Bowl, or for that matter, that the day would come when the United States would elect a black man to be president. A few years ago, I asked Ray if he thought black NFL quarterbacks would ever become a, as numerous as black defensive backs and wide receivers. He was doubtful. I think the numbers will increase and tilt more toward minority quarterbacks than it did 20 years ago, he said. 
but I don't think it will ever be a full revolution of all the teams in the NFL having black quarterbacks. I find it hard to believe. I think the NFL will just just disintegrate before that happens. During Ray's early life, every aspect of black existence that could be controlled was prescribed by segregation and racism. What could not be controlled was his spirit. Ray was raised at a time and in an environment in which grant opportunities for African-Americans were difficult to come by. In one part of the film, Ray recalled being in the local Woolsworth store and inadvertently reaching up to take a drink of water from the water fountain. His mother grabbed him and pulled him away because he was getting ready to drink from the whites-only water fountain. His mother knew the potential consequences of breaking one of the segregation codes. Ray made the bold move to skip the traditional journey to a historically black university, a journey made by so many of his teammates and classmates. Instead, he took a leap of faith, was recruited by a Michigan State assistant coach, and decided to go to East Lansing, Michigan, and the Big Ten. He had little idea in 1964 that he was setting the table for what the world will watch on Sunday. It's satisfying, Ray said. I was a lone ranger in Division I football in 1966. Today, because of the opportunities that the young men are being given, the combination of all that, of all of that, will manifest itself on Sunday in the Super Bowl. It makes me feel proud that they're referred to as quarterbacks. You don't hear Jalen Hurts, the black quarterback, or Patrick Mahomes, the black quarterback. They're just the quarterback. Ray was one of a core, a core group of black players recruited to Michigan State from the South. Ray from North Carolina, Hall of Fame defensive back, and Bubba Smith from Texas. Hall of Fame linebacker George Webster from South Carolina and receiver Gene Washington from Texas. They were all part of head coach Duffy Daughtery's so-called Underground Railroad that recruited super talented black players from the South to East Lansing. In 1966, Ray led Michigan State to a Big Ten title, a Rose Bowl victory, and a national championship. The highlight of the 1966 season was a game against Notre Dame, at the time the number two ranked team behind Michigan State. It was Michigan State's integrated team against a Notre Dame team that had one black player, Alan Page. The game ended in a 10-10 tie. That 1966 team was the beginning of a blast that would shatter the wall that kept talented black athletes out of predominantly white universities. To think that 60 years ago, Mahomes and Hurts likely would not have been recruited by their respective universities, Texas Tech, Alabama, and Oklahoma. What's intriguing about the action segments of the Ray documentary is that while the footage is nearly 60 years old, Ray's style of play, his mobility, and ability to run and throw reflects the current style of quarterback play that will be on display on Sunday by Hurts and Mahomes. 
Bray was ahead of his time. That style of play expanded the game because they're no longer looking for the six foot four, 220 pound, strong rifle arm guy with blonde hair, blue eyes, Ray said. They're looking for the guys who have the throwing ability and the off schedule ability to extend plays. These two guys, Hertz and Mahomes, are the epitome of that. But in 1966, and for decades later, that style of play was rejected by the NFL. And Ray was one of hundreds of talented black athletes whose dreams of playing quarterback were dashed. In a 2019 interview, Ray told me that he would have gone to Tennessee State University but declined because of Elridge Dickey, who would have who would have a legendary college career as a quarterback at TSU in 1968. Dickey was drafted in the first round by the Oakland Raiders ahead of Alabama's Ken Stabler, becoming the first African-American quarterback to be drafted in the first round. Dickey was switched to wide receiver. Ray was drafted in the 16th round by the Los Angeles Raiders, was switched to defensive back before reporting to training camp. For all of the history he made and represents, Ray stood on the shoulders of Giants as well. In 1960, six years before Ray led Michigan State to a national title, Sandy Stevens, an African-American quarterback at the University of Minnesota, led that school to a national title and a Rose Bowl victory. Stevens became the first black All-American quarterback. Ray was my introduction to black quarterbacks because I was playing high school football at the time, and Ray's Michigan State team was a powerhouse, one of the best college football teams in the nation. Ray was preceded at Michigan State by Willie Thor, who became the first African-American quarterback to play in the Big Ten in 1950. In 1952, Thor was an integral part of Michigan State's national championship team. Thor was one of the first African-Americans to play quarterback in the NFL's modern era. He played for the Chicago Bears in 1953. The point is that everyone stands on someone's shoulders. On this historic week, as Hertz and Mahomes prepared to make history, Ray said that he was honored to have played a role. As the theater emptied on Wednesday, I asked Ray about the significance of two black quarterbacks facing each other for the first time in a Super Bowl. Sunday is the culmination of a life of denials come full circle, he said. Blacks being given the opportunity and showing what can be accomplished. I wasn't sure I was going to see that in my professional lifetime. And the contributing writer, William C. Roden, a former award-winning sports columnist for the New York Times and author of $40 million Slaves, is a writer at Large Fur Handscape is the contributing writer to this story that I have just shared with you on my podcast. So I hope you have enjoyed this story of those who have paved the way for what will be history-making tomorrow. Pioneering quarterback Jimmy Ray sees Super Bowl as a culmination of a life of the Isles. So what I'm going to do now on that note, I'm about to take another break. And when I come back, 
I have so much more I want to get into. We're going to get into some Super Bowl talk. So, stay tuned in. Stay locked in on the train. Please do not get up and move around while the train is in motion. Not that it's dangerous. We just want you to be safe. Until I get back from this break, enjoy, relax. We got so much more to go. The train is still built up ahead of steam. A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, and goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back aboard the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Now, I got to tell y'all something. I got to tell y'all something. I got to tell y'all something. I'm pretty sure she will hear this as well, too, because I'm talking about my wife. She uh, she kind of crept in here. I guess she heard me talking, seeing I was doing the podcast. She didn't even wave at me or nothing. She just came in, did what she had to do, and before I knew it, I got through my first second. I got up, took the headset off, went to look for her, and without a trace, she was gone. I can believe that. She could at least dip her head in here and wave her hand at me, but no, she did what she did and left without a trace. Didn't say Didn't even leave a note. So I'm kind of distraught about that. That's not funny, y'all. I don't know why y'all laugh. That is not funny. Me and my wife, we're going to have a talk about this. I love my wife. Anyway, <laughs> I just had to get that in there. Uh, anyway, uh, it's okay, fellas. If y'all are married, y'all can say I love my wife, too. Let, let it be known. And uh, 
Yeah, let it let it be known that you love your wife. Don't be ashamed. Let, let the world know you got a wife, you love her, just let it out. I love my wife. See, I, I got to give credit to people like Scott Styles. If y'all heard me say that name quite a bit, I owe a lot to him. Uh, him and his wife, Shannon. Let me just get some of this house clean that quick. I was at a point in my life and I needed some help, and they, they came to the rescue of me. And I really appreciate them. And Scott would even let me sit at the studio with him while he was on the air. Sometimes I'd be on my way to work. And Scott was just a bundle of joy on the radio. You could hear it come across in his voice. So I hope I have picked up some of those same traits. I hope I come across as a bundle of joy when I'm doing these podcasts because trust me, I enjoy doing this. I'm having fun doing this. I may not ever become a household name. That is unless everybody that listens to this shares it and whoever they share it with, they share it with somebody and, you know, get, get the train on the track and get the train to roll. But, yeah, I owe Scott a great deal of thanks because he's one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, another guy that I want to give credit to is Chris Allison. And, and I'm going to get back into some more sports talk. I'm just giving some shout-outs. Chris Allison, uh, he was at Ground Zero when KGSO first appeared in the city, which is a locally-owned radio station. He used to let me sit up under him as well. As well. Every now and then, he would open up the mic and let me say two words. Right. Two words. <laughs> Of course, Chris had a lot to say. That's why Chris was where he was. Chris ended up going to ESPN, but he is back in Wichita. And you know what? I need to reach out to him and get him back on my podcast as well, too. I'm pretty sure he's getting his festivities ready for the Chiefs game. I believe he is a Chiefs fan. So with that being said, the Super Bowl 57 scouting report, who has the edge in Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, who do you think would have the edge? When the Chiefs have the ball, Patrick Mahomes under pressure versus Eagles pass rush. The AP NFL Most Valuable Player Award confirmed what fans already knew. Patrick Mahomes is the NFL's top quarterback, renowned for his wizardry in the pocket and rare arm talent. A high ankle sprain sustained in the, in the division round against the Jaguars, however, could impact his mobility come Super Bowl Sunday, limiting the number of plays Andy Reid feels comfortable calling. Will the Eagles' top-ranked pass rush take advantage? The numbers suggest so. The unit's ability to create pressure has been nothing short of supreme for most of the season. On Sunday, the Eagles will trot out the NFL's top pass rush by team pressure rate, 34.8%, when factoring in the playoffs highlighted by eight straight games in which the unit exceeded 34%, the longest such streak in the next-gen stats era since 2016. The pass rushing dominance is only magnified by the unit's ability to get to the quarterback without sacrificing defenders in coverage, evidenced by their 51 sacks recorded on non-blitzes during the regular season, eight more than any other unit in the past seven seasons. The defense's elite numbers are a product of the personnel along the defensive front. Not only is the Eagles' defensive front deep, 
to keep pass rushers fresh late in games. It could be the most talented league-wide. The Eagles were only unit to feature five players with at least 35 pressures against opposing quarterbacks during the regular season. Hassan Reddick, 62. Javon Hargrave, 53. Josh Sweat, 47. Brandon Graham, 41. And Fletcher Cox, 36. In the Chiefs' last Super Bowl appearance, a loss to the Buccaneers, it was an elite pass rush that overwhelmed Mahomes' pass protection. Quarterback ran for his life while under constant duress, compiling nearly 500 scramble yards on his dropbacks. The blueprint that night from then Bucks defensive coordinator Todd Bowles was not his typical blitz-heavy scheme, but rather two deep safeties and pressure packages without blitzing. In fact, it was the lowest blitz rate by a Bowles-led unit. On record at the time, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon could replicate Bowles' Super Bowl-winning game plan without having to change Philly's defensive philosophy, getting to the quarterback with a four-man rush. This is a matchup of strengths. Any limitation to Mahomes' mobility, however, and the advantage falls in favor of the defense. So, advantage, Eagles. Chiefs' methodical passing game versus Eagles' bend but don't break defense. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy will almost certainly rely on the quick passing game as their primary offensive strategy comes Super Bowl Sunday. Even if Mahomes hadn't injured his ankle last month, the Eagles' talented defensive front still likely would have forced Reed and Bieniemy to adapt a similar game plan. No matter, the quick game has been the offensive strength all season long. Mahomes was far and away the standout on quick passes in 2022, generating plus 94.6 EPA when getting rid of the ball in less than 2.5 seconds. No other quarterback eclipsed. plus 70 EPA on those passes. After the Chiefs' Super Bowl loss, Mahomes made a concerted effort to take what the defense gives him and play more in structure. The results have been fruitful. He has scaled back his big game honey as evidenced by his decreasing deep passing rate and and is instead breaking NGS season records including throwing 31 touchdown passes when targeting receivers under 10 air yards in 2022, 12 more than the next closest quarterback this season. The main benefactor of this change has been Mahomes' most trusted target, Travis Kelsey. The eight-time Pro Bowler wins underneath and consistently creates positive plays with the ball in his hands. He led all tight ends in yards after catch, 678 and yards after catch over expected, plus 155 during the regular season, finding soft spots against zone coverage. Between the 20-yard line and beating man coverage in the red zone. And he does it while playing part-time wide receiver. This season, Kelsey has lined up in the slot or wide out on 63% of his snaps. The truth, the fourth highest rate of any tight end with at least 300 snaps. The Eagles tend to play off coverage, which serves them well downfield, but leaves them vulnerable underneath. Their defensive success rate drops from 57.1% to over 10 air yards, fifth in the NFL to 
51.8% on passes under 10 air yards, 15. The Eagles have not allowed a deep completion, 20-plus air yards, in their two playoff games. Keeping Mahomes on script may prove beneficial for Kansas City come Sunday. The Chiefs have lost five of eight games in Mahomes' career when he averaged 8.5 minus plus scramble yards per dropback. However, the Chiefs have won all 24 games in Mahomes' career when he has averaged less than six scramble yards per dropback. Advantage Chiefs. So, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take a break. Wet my whistle. And when I come back, I'm going to look at what happens when Eagles have the ball. So, stay tuned to the A-Train Sports Talk podcast as we look at the breakdown of Chiefs versus Eagles Super Bowl and who has the advantage. It is your number one Sports Talk Podcast, the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, number one throughout the state of Kansas. Stay tuned. We are still picking up ahead of steam as we get you ready for Super Bowl Sunday. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, be right back. Mr. Max Market, formerly known as P&P, is fully stocked for all your grocery needs. We carry the largest selection of hot links in Wichita, including the world-famous Oklahoma links from Mountain View and Rogers, Kansas links from Yoder, Colorado links from Gold Star, as well as national brands such as Siegel and Dietz. Our meat department stocks ribs, pork butts, pork chops, brisket, hams, chicken, hamburger meat, oxtails, buffalo fish, whole catfish and fillets, and much more. In season, we stock hard-to-find produce such as red, yellow, orange, and purple meat watermelon, cantaloupe, melons, tomatoes, corn, greens, okra, and more. We have a huge selection of fish fry, seasonings, sauces, and rubs including the full lines of Louisiana and Slap Ya Mama products. In addition, we have all grocery staples including flour, sugar, bread, butter, cheese, snacks, milk, canned goods, candy, snacks, and drinks. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. It's time for us all to grow together. So, if you would like to have your ad ran on the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, simply reach out to me at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com or at 316-553-2010. Or, if you would like to sponsor a segment, you can also reach me at a.trainsportstalk.com at gmail.com or 316-553-2010 so let's grow together 
It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. The number one sports podcast throughout the state of Kansas, picking up passengers along the way on this long sports journey. And that's right, yes, even I am getting you ready for the Super Bowl. Not ready, but in that Medea language, I'm getting you ready for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57. Chiefs versus Eagles. There's one guy I wish I could reach out to, and you can listen to his uh, podcast as well, too. It's called Bell and the Birdman. I will put it in my description. He's a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. I'm pretty sure. He's got his green room ready. He got his fly Eagles or whatever their mantra is. So, I wish I could get him on right now. But I'll give him a shout out because he was a guy that formerly worked for CBS Sports and was a guest on my podcast. So I'm also appreciative and grateful to him as well. That's why I come out and say I have the number one podcast throughout the state of Kansas because you never know who I'm going to pick up, when I'm going to pick them up. And you know what? I got so much more to come on the A Train Sports Talk podcast. I know you keep hearing me say it, but. Yes, outside the box, we'll be returning. We'll be talking about things as talking to such people as small business owners here in Wichita area. Uh, We will be talking about mental health because that plays a big role, not just in everyday life, but believe it or not, also in sports as well, too. So everybody deals with some type of mental health issue, and we need to forever make that an awareness. Granted, they do have mental health Awareness Month, and I will also reach out to another guest, none other than former coach, but I still call him Coach Mark Potter. I'm pretty sure he will agree with this assessment. Mental health should not be just confined to one a month. We need to sound a whistle on mental health because you never know what someone is going through. I even know people myself personally. So, yes, mental health awareness will be a definite player on my podcast as we talk things outside the box. Plain and simple. That's what this segment is designed for. Break away from sports talk for a little bit and to talk about everyday things such as business owners and mental health and so much more. So in my last segment we were talking about who has the advantage Chiefs or Eagles and we were talking about from a Chiefs perspective So now, what happens when the Eagles have the ball? Well, Jalen Hurts versus Chiefs' aggressive defense. Finishing second place in the MVP voting, Jalen Hurts had a career year in 
2022, showing continued signs of development, especially in the drop-back passing game. Despite the improvement, defense has still been able to frustrate him with blitzes. Hurts recorded the sixth lowest success rate against the blitz, 39.2%, this season, including playoffs. Defenses have exploited this area, blitzing him at the fourth highest rate of any quarterback, 33.9%. The third-year pro reverts back to some of his bad habits when defenses send extra pass rushes, holding the ball longer and belling from the pocket. He was sacked 14 times outside the tackle box when blitzed this season, second most in NFL, and completed just 26 pass attempts for 73 yards when leaving the tackle box. While Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola has dialed back his blitzing this season, he still calls cover zero at one of the highest rates in the NFL. The Chiefs were effective on blitzes this season, with the fifth largest increase in pressure rate when sending at least five rushers, plus 12.7%. On Sunday, Spagnola could zero in on the specific types of blitzes that have given Hurts happy feet in 2022. Hurts left the tackle box at twice the rate against zone blitzes, 31.7%, compared to man defenses, 15.9%. Advantage, Chiefs. Eagles' talented receiving core versus Chiefs' young cornerbacks. The Chiefs' young secondary has held up impressively well in this Super Bowl run. Rookies have accounted for 37.6% of defensive snaps in Kansas City's secondary this season, including the playoffs, the second highest rate in the NFL. The Jerry Sneed exited the AFC Championship game after just four snaps, leaving the Chiefs with an all-rookie cornerback group of first-round pick Trent McDuffie, seventh-rounder Jalen Watson, and fourth-rounder Joshua Williams. The trio held their own in matchups against the Bengals' spectacular receiving core of Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. The Chiefs get Sneed, a third-year cornerback for Super Sunday, as he cleared concussion protocol earlier this week. The Chiefs' secondary has another big test Sunday when it faces another elite set of weapons, the trio of A.J. Green, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard have combined for plus 634 receiving yards over expected this season, including the playoffs, the most in the NFL by any current teammate trio. Contrasting styles make for great competition, and Brown's physicality and catching ability could overwhelm the Chiefs' corners. The Chiefs have tasked their young cornerback group with pressing other big-bodied wide receivers, aligning in press on more than half of their roots against Chase, Mike Evans, D.K. Metcalf, and Devontae Adams. Spagnola certainly loves press coverage, but that's a dangerous game to play against the Browns. Play against Browns. The six foot one, 226-pound wide receiver averaged 4.5 yards per route against press coverage in 2022, the most by any receiver in a season in the next gen stats era. When faced with press coverage, Brown specifically won on goal routes, catching 8 of 14 targets for 324 yards and two touchdowns. If Hurts can deliver an accurate ball down the sideline, 
Brown should be able to take advantage and create explosive plays that will be essential in helping the Eagles put up points. Advantage, Eagles. Eagles running games versus Chiefs light defensive personnel. With defenses playing more nickel, five defensive backs, and dime, six DBs, teams like the Eagles have taken advantage of lighter personnel with a dominant run game. And what better way to wear down opponents, both physically and psychologically, than executing clock-draining drives when your team has the lead? The Eagles have won 20 straight games when entering the fourth quarter with a lead for a season. During the playoffs, the Chiefs' defense have used lighter boxes, helping the pass defense, but at the expense of the run D. The Chiefs have used dime personnel on 35.1% of postseason snaps, up from 23.1% in regular season. The Eagles, who posted the second highest success rate on design runs, 50.6% since 2016 during the regular season, will welcome that trend if it continues Sunday. Regardless of personnel, the Eagles use their formations to get defenders out of the box and create space. Philly has run the ball on a league-high 39.8% of plays when aligned in spread formations this season, including the playoffs, and has been extremely productive when doing so. Luckily for the Eagles, opposing offenses have also attacked Chiefs in the run game out of spread formations this season, including the playoffs. Kansas City has faced the most carries, one-on-one, and allowed the most rush yards, 554, to spread runs. Advantage, Eagles. So what is the strategic matchup, pregame plans? For Super Bowl 57, there are essentially two game plans being played by both coaching staffs that apply that aptly can be compared to a game of chess on grass. The first starts along before kickoff in staff meeting rooms, with the coaches coming together to build a game plan. They have two weeks to prepare and get their teams ready for the big stage. This extra time between championship Sunday and Super Bowl and the Super Bowl only amplifies the effect that experience has on preparation. When it comes to experience, the Chiefs coaching staff has the clear advantage. Head coach Andy Reid, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, and defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola have combined for 11 Super Bowl appearances. Their counterparts on the Eagles' sidelines have none. Beyond having been here before, Reed has proven again and again he is one of the best coaches in the league when given extra time to prepare. Reed coached teams have won 28 of 32 games coming out of a bye week over the course of his 31-year career as an NFL coach, 24 as head coach. Two of the four losses came in the Super Bowl. Eagles lost in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs lost in the Super Bowl. Spagnola, a two-time Super Bowl champion himself with the Chiefs and the Giants, is known for his complicated defensive calls. Spagnola's system can take time to implement and requires smart players to execute all of the disguises he throws at the offense without missing assignments. While the Chiefs' defense has certainly had their early season struggles under his watch, 
unit is usually playing its best ball when it matters most. This year was no exception. The Chiefs have the highest, have the third highest defensive success rate, 61.3% since their bye week, their bye week, since their week eight bye. During their first seven games, they ranked 28. The Eagles, on the other hand, haven't needed to adapt their strategy week to week. A testament to their strength of this ro- of this roster, a defense that can win on talent, the four-man rush, and a lockdown secondary. Offense is impressive in its own right as a clock-managing machine with a creative run game that forces defense to play 11-on-11. In the end, though, Philly's in-game adjustments and decision-making are where this staff really shines. Advantage, Chiefs. In game management, Andy Reid versus Nick Sirianni. One of the most progressive analytical organizations in the NFL takes on one of the most traditional outfits. The Eagles front office and coaching staff are supported with a bridge of communication that connects them with a major league baseball-like analytics department led by assistant general manager Alec Hollaby. Over the years, the Eagles have proven to be at the tip of the spear when it comes to analytical buy-in, with lagging indicators of their analytically-driven decision-making appearing when it comes to fourth down and on-field strategy, such as their historic 31 first downs gain, 31 first downs gain on quarterback sneaks this season. In a game that is projected to be a toss-up, every edge matters when it comes to maximizing progressions. The Eagles have a clear-cut advantage. Sirianni made the optimal decision to go for it on 21 of 27 fourth down opportunities this season, 77.8%, the highest rate in the next-gen stats era, while Reed made the optimal decision to go for it on only 7 of 26 fourth downs this season, 26.9%, second lowest in the NFL. On fourth and one situations where goal was the optimal decision, Sirianni was a perfect 11 for one. Analytical influence has no doubt crept into the offensive and defensive philosophies as well. The Eagles run to win. The Chiefs pass to win. The effectiveness of each correlate with the scoreboard. If the Eagles take an early lead, the offense is built to drain the clock with a potent zone running game that has been and ex- that has an explosive RPO threat, coupled with a defense that loves to pin its ears back with the front four. Blessed with a roster that has answers for everything, offensive coordinator Shane Steichen has been able to poke and prod at opposing defenses before finding what works and spamming it. If the Chiefs take an early lead, look for Mahomes to throw quick, short, and safe passes an extension of the running game with the hopes of keeping the clock running and the ball inbounds. Entering Sunday, the Chiefs have run on just 40% of offensive plays when playing with a lead this season, the second lowest mark any team in the NFL. Regardless of game flow, this should be a fascinating matchup to watch. Given that the Super Bowl is the last game these teams will play all season, be on the lookout for Tennessee breakers as each coaching staff throws the kitchen sink 
at the other, leaving no stone left unturned. Advantage, Eagles. Final tally, Eagles four, Chiefs three. So I hope that this has got you ready for the Super Bowl. Hope you have enjoyed the train ride today. Hope you have enjoyed your favorite conductor. That's right, that's me, Anthony Smith. While listening to the number one podcast in all the state of Kansas. That's right, it is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. There was so much more I wanted to get to. Next week, I'm going to dive into old news, such as Kevin Durant trade, Kyrie Irving trade, Russell Westbrook going to Utah. And why come the Nets didn't send Kyrie Irving to the Lakers, which would have included a package, which would also sent Russell Westbrook back to Brooklyn. Some say that was a Nets organizational move. No, what? I'm going to go ahead and let this cat out of the bag. That was a Kevin Durant move. I'll let you think on that. Until the mean, in the until next time, enjoy tomorrow's game, the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Eagles, and I'll be back with you guys on Monday evening after the Super Bowl, God's willing. Until then, God bless. Talk to you later. I'm out.